Say you're a professional landscaper. You're not just tough. You're professional grade. And so are your tools. Because you got best-in-class Echo X series products. You got a perfect balance of power, weight, and performance from a professional-grade 56-volt battery system. Max-out battery tech that gives 100% power till a 0% charge. Echo X series means best-in-class tools for best-in-class pros. So when we say Echo is professional-grade, we mean it. Echo. Power on and on. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Hello and welcome to brand new Gardener's World magazine podcast series, exploring some of the key issues that incense and inspire gardeners. These are handy expert guides to some of the topics and techniques the team at Gardener's World are asked about time and time again. Cuttings, tomatoes, pests, 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 <laughs> blooming blight, composting, to name but a few. In this exclusive series, I'm going to talk about some of these big questions and share with you my practical, no-nonsense solution. I'll lead you, not down the garden path, but to a more successful, hopefully less stressful approach to tackling common garden woes and getting the garden of your dreams. I want to help you to have more time enjoying the fruits and flowers of your labours and less time actually labouring. particularly with small gardens, tend to be rather fearful of putting trees in a garden. Oh, they're too big. They'll take over. They'll take all the nutrition out of the soil. They'll cast too much shade. They'll move my house foundations. But trees give stature to a garden. And if the right ones are chosen for the right garden, they needn't be a problem. And that is the key, to look at the size of your plot and to choose a tree that won't eat you out of house and home. Any garden, however small, can take a Japanese maple. They don't have roots that attack foundations or do any damage at all. And they grow at most 
10, 12 feet tall, but they do give you garden stature and structure. And gardens on the flat do tend to lack that kind of verticality, which makes them a place to escape into. I always say to people, when it comes to planting things in your garden, start with the skeleton framework, the trees, then move on to the shrubs, then onto the border perennials, the bulbs and the annuals. Tackling your garden in order of height and stature is a way to get a garden which is delightful and a good place to be in at every season of the year. Particularly in small gardens, you need a tree to pay rent for as much of the year as possible. It needs to look good for as many months as possible. So things like birches, which tend to have a fairly shallow root system, which doesn't threaten foundations, but as well as having dappled foliage in summer or foliage which creates dappled light because it's quite thin and airy, they also have those wonderful white or pale gold stems for autumn and winter. So even when a birch tree is out of leaf and not quite so graceful as it is in summer, it's still something to highlight those dark days with its bright bark. And when the sun hits that bark in winter, oh, it's a glorious sight. I tend to plant birch trees, even in small gardens, um, in threes. So you get three stems for one head of branches. You can buy multi-stemmed birch trees, which are pruned when young, to have several stems rather than just one. And then it's a matter of planting them where they're not going to be too close to a building, where they're not going to cast excessive shade, but where they will act as good focal points in the garden. Don't overplant trees in the garden or it will become too shaded, but with two, three or perhaps four small trees in the garden, you'll find that it is that much more interesting and structural than it would otherwise be without them. If you're thinking of fruit trees for your garden, they've got a kind of double whammy. You get a wonderful show of blossom in spring, and then, of course, ripening fruits, which are good to look at, and in many cases, also good to eat. The thing, particularly with apples and pears, and of course, plums, is to choose a fruit tree which is not going to grow too large. Now, apples in particular are grafted. The variety is grafted onto a rootstock which controls its vigour. Now, these rootstocks, which have strange initials like M9, are of varying vigours. M9 is a particularly dwarfing rootstock. You can get larger rootstocks, which allow for a larger tree. But if you're a tiny garden, then choose an apple on a dwarfing rootstock and it will not eat you out of house and home. That's really quite vital. And the great thing about fruit trees is that, of course, you're getting that produce at the end of the summer. But you must make sure that there are other apples around that will pollinate that particular apple tree and allow fruit to set rather than growing just one tree on its own. Unless, of course, it's one of these things called a family tree, which has several varieties grafted onto one rootstock. They can be successful, but they're also a bit iffy in that sometimes one variety on the tree grows faster and larger than other varieties grafted onto it. And you may end up with a lopsided tree. It's a bit of a lottery, but it's fun. Grafting is the process of fixing one variety onto another variety, gluing it, if you like. If you take a scion, that's a small piece of growth from a variety you know and enjoy the fruit of, and you graft it, you attach it to the roots of another variety, which doesn't have particularly good fruits, but has a known vigour, uh, and which is really good at establishing itself in a soil. Your variety, which has got the fruit, will then have a root attached to it, which is reliable, and 
and which will control its vigour. The initials of these rootstocks, M before a rootstock number stands for Malling, MM stands for Merton Malling. The rootstocks were developed at a research station, East Malling Fruit Station in Kent, and they bear the name of the place where they were developed. Simple as that. And the number dictates the vigour of the plant that will grow when grafted onto it. If you fancy growing your own hazels or cobnuts, you can certainly buy cobnut and filbert trees. They will produce a crop. They will also encourage squirrels. Uh, they will also give you steaks for your beans. You can grow your own bean poles with ordinary hazel twigs. If you plant hazel as part of a country hedge and let one or two of the plants grow long for about three years, you can then hack them down in winter, cut off those side shoots, and you'll have your very own bean poles. It really is a lovely bit of self-sufficiency. One or two trees that I wouldn't risk growing in a domestic garden. A weeping willow is delightful if you have the room, and if you have a lake or a very large pond, and you can keep it away from foundations of houses and walls. But willow roots are notorious, particularly on shrinkable clay soils, for moving foundations and filling drains. Position them carefully. The same is true of poplar and of sycamore and of these really large country trees. Avoid them in small gardens and avoid them near buildings. Tree planting is best accomplished in autumn or winter, particularly and importantly if you're planting bare root trees. Generally speaking, any time from October onwards right through to the middle of March is a good time to plant bare root trees. Remember that a tree is going to be growing where it is for many, many years. Prepare the hole well. Work in a reasonable amount of well-rotted manure or garden compost, not too much. What you don't want to do on heavy soil is to work so much organic matter into the hole that it turns into a sump for water. So some organic enrichment just to coax those roots out. And if you're planting a container-grown tree, tease the roots out of the root ball before you plant to get them growing outwards rather than just going round and round in circles. Good preparation and staking a tree of any height to prevent wind rock. Knock in a stake at an angle of 45 degrees to the trunk and fasten it with a proprietary tree tie. That will make sure it stays more stable than a six-foot stake, which is vertical. Always do your staking at 45 degrees. And my Titchmarsh trade secret, never plant a tree that's taller than you are. Smaller ones get away far more rapidly and outstrip their larger relations. It may be tempting to get a large mature tree with an enormous root ball, but old trees are rather like old people. They tend to resent moving house rather more than young children who take to it like ducks to water. Plant a tree that's no taller than you are and look after it to make sure it doesn't dry out and it will generally establish itself much more readily than something which is large and giving you instant effect but which then sits still for years before it gets going again. So if you think your garden's too small for trees, think again. With the right tree, which can earn its keep in terms of flowers, foliage, fruit, or ornamental bark planted in the right spot will give your garden stature without causing trouble. Choose carefully and you'll be so glad you've got a tree or trees in your garden. From me, Alan Titchmarsh, till the next time, whatever the weather, enjoy your garden. 
You've been listening to Tea Break Tutorials with me, Alan Titchmarsh, produced by Lucy Ditchmond for BBC Gardener's World magazine. 